few years ago, uh, somebody was uh, speaking with me, and uh, as they were talking to me, as we were having a conversation, they referred to me as Reverend. And I remember saying, uh, oh, you don't have to call me Reverend. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 uh, you earned it, didn't you? I said, I did. How did I earn being a reverend? They said, well, you know, you went to school and, and you got a degree, and, and doesn't that make you a reverend? Well, there, there's a couple of things wrong with that thinking. First of all, that merely going to school will qualify us as a spiritual leader. Certainly, I'm all for school. <laughs> I'm still learning, amen? I'm still in school. I'm all for that. But just going to school doesn't qualify you as a spiritual leader. And even if someone is a spiritual leader... To call somebody reverend, to me, just kind of gives the idea that, that there's some person or there's some group in a church who's kind of high and lifted above all the other people in the church family to the point that we would especially call that person reverend. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a special role that God has given in his work to pastors. And in a sense, the Bible does say that we should honor that role. We should honor the men who serve in that role. And I want to say what a blessing our church family is in that regard. But I, but I do believe God would say to us, if we're not careful, sometimes we do not realize that if you are in God's family, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, whether you are a pastor or a lawyer or, or a plumber or a teacher or a politician or whoever you are or whatever you do with your life, we all have a place. We all have a role to fulfill in God's work. If we are in Jesus Christ, we are all called by God to serve him in some way. That is part of your new identity in Jesus Christ. When you gave your life to Christ, that was part of what God wants to do in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about together today. We're going to talk about, we've been, we've been doing this series, Who Am I? What is my identity? When I've given my life to Christ, and tonight I want you to understand that God's Word teaches if you are in Christ, that you are called by God for some special purpose. The first thing I want us to think about is this. What does it mean to be called by God? Well, I've been studying that as I've been preparing for this message and just kind of getting ready to share with you this weekend. And to be honest with you, I was a little bit surprised when I began looking at the many times in the New Testament when the Bible speaks of the word of, uh, in the word where God actually uses that idea of him calling someone. And there's several different ways that it's used in the New Testament. Sometimes it was just what somebody's name was. In Matthew 10, it says, Now the, the name of the twelve apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called... Peter. He's talking about this is somebody's name. Another way that it was used is to summon someone or to ask someone to come to you or, or to pay attention to something that you're saying. In Matthew 15, it says, after Jesus called the crowd to himself, he began to speak to them. Okay, so the word call in the New Testament can mean just what someone's called, what their name is, or it can mean, hey, I'm calling out to someone because I want to get their attention or I want to say something to them. But the predominant way that it's used in a special sense in the New Testament is that God calls us, when the word is used, it's used many times of God calling us to give our lives to him. And so tonight we could say, very predominant in the New Testament in God's word is the idea that God calls us to salvation. Amen. 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 God calls us to himself to give our life to him. That is our highest 
and our best and our most important calling from God. God calls out to us to surrender our lives to him. And the reason I was a little bit surprised as I began to find that emphasis in the New Testament is because many Christians, when we use the word call, a call from God, many times when we're referring to that, we're talking about someone who, we're, that, that usually refers to somebody, God assigning somebody a special task that he has prepared for them to do. And in a sense, I think that's appropriate. But I want to make a distinction with uh, what I believe the Bible is trying to teach us. And this is it. Don't miss this. We are usually concerned about a call by God or a call from God. But maybe what we should be most concerned about is a call to God. Do you hear that? We're usually wondering, what's my calling? What's my role? And that's really what we're going to talk about tonight. So that's valid in a sense. But I just want to share with you, as I look at the New Testament, it seems that even that role, even that assignment, that calling, you might say, in your life, what God wants you to do with your life, even that is highly wrapped up in the fact that he called you, not necessarily for something, but he called you to himself. And what I think the Lord really wants us to focus on today is this. God calls me to himself. He calls me to give my life to him. But when I answer the call to give my life to Jesus Christ, wrapped up in that call to follow Jesus is the call to use what God has given me in some special way in this world. Do you hear that? Another way to put it is like this. When you accept Jesus as your Savior... Part of the impact, remember we're talking about who am I? What is my identity? What difference does it make that I've given my life to Jesus Christ? Part of the impact of me giving my life to Christ is that I now have a purpose. I have an assignment. I have a placement that God wants to place me in, a post that he wants to give me somewhere in his work in this world. And here's how one author defined that. He said, our calling is God's personal invitation for me to work on his agenda using the talents that I've been given in ways that are eternally significant. Basically, God's at work in this world. Amen? God is doing something in this world, and now that I am connected with him, that means that I am somehow part of that work that he's doing. I have a role to fulfill in that work. So many Bible teachers believe that it doesn't seem to be so important to to distinguish in the New Testament that many people make this strong distinction, I'm called to salvation, then I'm called to service. It seems more like my call to salvation is my call to service. Do you see what I'm trying to say? They're inextricably tied together. It's like I'm called, period, to God. And in that calling, I'm going to be looking to how I can join him. And what he's up to. Do you see that? Maybe even better than calling, which is what we like to use many times, maybe we might say, I am commissioned. I've been given some orders. I've been giving, given a placement. God says, I've got a post for you. I've got an assignment for you. In fact, many times in the New Testament, it's put like, God set me somewhere. God placed me somewhere. God put me somewhere where he wants me to be. Even the Apostle Paul talks about that I've been appointed. I've been given an assignment. 
God was handing out responsibilities, and this is the one that God has for me. All those words are used in the New Testament to describe what we're talking about. And that is not just pastors or others that we normally think of as spiritual leaders. Every child of God has an assignment by God to fulfill in this world. Isn't that good news? It's not that Pastor Robbie or Pastor Jeff and Pastor Chris, they're doing some things and, hey, we'll kind of help them. No, it's God is doing something. And what does he want me to be doing in his work in this world? That's exciting to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says this. It says, but to each one of us, listen to the individual nature of that. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. God is doing his good work in this world to build up, to, to reach people for Christ and to build people up in their relationship with him and to develop people. And each one of us has been given a manifestation of the Spirit. Somehow, God wants to show himself to the rest of the world somehow uniquely through me and through you. That's all Christians that he's talking to there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. There's another great verse that says, But to each one, don't you hear it again there? To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And, and this, this is in the context of God using every one of us in his work. He says, each one of us was given grace so that God could work through us according to the measure of Christ's gift to us. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, He says, but you are a chosen race. This is talking to all God's people. You are a royal priesthood. That sounds like every one of us are leaders, doesn't it? All of us. Did you know that God has made us a kingdom of priests to our God? Every single one of us. Congratulations. Did you know it? You just got ordained. If you are a child of God, you are a priest. Did you know that? A priest goes to God on behalf of the people, and a priest goes to the people on behalf of God. Every one of us, the Bible says. He says, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are special, unique. There's a purpose that God has for you, the whole group of you. A people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The Bible's saying that every single one of us has a special role to play. God has made us to be unique and special for his special purpose. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, as each one, you hear it there again, individual, It's talking about every single one of us. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Friend, did you know that just as important as a pastor's role in this church and in the world, you have an assignment by God. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, he has something for you to accomplish in this world. There is something that he wants you to do. And you know what? I'm excited to share that tonight because many people have never heard that. Many of us have heard in church that there is a special group of people and they are the people who seek God. They are the people who serve God. Y'all listen to them, okay? Don't open your Bible. You know, don't get too carried away with God. You've got to follow the professionals. Some of us have been taught that, haven't we? That you don't know how to handle this, or 
or it's not safe for you to follow God on your own. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches, and many people have never been aware that God has a special role for you. Has that been you tonight? Is that revolutionary for you? Are you saying, I never knew that? Is God speaking to you tonight? Just as important as anyone else fulfilling their purpose, I need to begin seeking what God wants me to be doing and accomplishing in this world. That's what it means to be called by God. I don't know about you, but it wouldn't take me long thinking about that before I start getting a little overwhelmed. Because, I mean, it's exciting to think about that you're called by God. But, but it's overwhelming too, isn't it? Now, wait just a minute. Okay, I get the privilege of working together with God, but then I start feeling I've got the responsibility of working together with God. Now, it might not take you too long before you ask this question. Why? Why does God want to work through us? I want you to think about it for just a moment. As God is doing his work in this world, Does he really need me? Does God need me? (laughs) No, no, he doesn't. And guess what? He doesn't need you either. When I think about this, I think about many of us who have young kids. Anybody ever, any of you guys ever been out working on your car or something, vehicles or, or, you know, out in the garage working on something and and your, your, uh, you know, maybe your four-year-old comes out and says, hey, daddy, can I help you with that project? Now, really? What four-year-old is truly going to be able to assist me? In fact, it's very likely they're going to kind of what? Slow me down? You know, at the best, slow me down or maybe even make some messes, that kind of thing. But you know, even though that child may not necessarily be able to add a lot to the project in and of itself, I want my child to be out there with me. Amen? I want to include them. I want them to learn. I want them to grow. And, and, and even if they're not learning to grow, I just want them to be with me. I enjoy having them around me. And I believe a lot of that has to do with why God includes us in his work. Let me give you a couple reasons. First of all, it gives us a chance to be a part of what God is doing. You know, the Bible says we are God's co-workers. <laughs> is that amazing to you? It says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, it says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth or the increase. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God, he's the one who's anything, God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. They're working together along with God, but, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. But he says in verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. God could do the work fine, just fine by himself. Why would God use me? Because I believe God wants to share with us the joy and the reward of being a part of the work. What could be better than helping other people to come to God? To participate with God. God's main priority in this world is rescuing people from an eternity away from him. What could be better in your life than participating with God and helping people being reconciled with their creator? Amen? And so God says, listen, I'm not going to keep all the fun. 
I want to share it with you. I want to include you in that great work. The second reason I believe God chooses us is because it builds our lives. It builds our character. It brings growth to our lives. When we serve the Lord, when we do God's work in other people's lives, it makes our lives stronger. We become more and more like Jesus. In Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says, I will make you to become fishers of men. And that, just the way that he words that, he says, I will make you, I will actually, that word can be translated, I will form you into fishers of men. It sounds like I got some growing to do, and when I get involved with God, my life grows. God forms me, God shapes me through that service with him. I believe there are a lot of people in this room who may be bored, you may be tired, uninspired, You may feel unneeded, like you're missing out on something in life. You may not have grown for years. And friend, maybe God's trying to reveal to you tonight, it may be because of what we're talking about. It may very well be that you have not found and fulfilled your God-given purpose. If you are in Jesus Christ, if you have given your life to him, you are called by God to some special purpose. The last thing I want us to think about tonight is how. How is God planned to do his work through us. Somebody says, okay, Pastor Robbie, I'm with you. God's got something for my life, but how do I go about finding and fulfilling his purpose for me? I want you to think about three things tonight. First of all, your spiritual gifts. Every child of God, if you've given your life to Christ, you have spiritual gifts. Write down these passages. 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter 12, and 1 Peter chapter 4. Those are the four primary passages in the Bible that tell us what are the spiritual gifts that God gives to his children. You can go back and look at those. But basically, many people would break those down into this. There are speaking gifts, there are serving gifts, and there are sign gifts. You may say, well, I don't know anything about that. Well, you know what? That would be a great place to start, wouldn't it? If the Bible says that when you came to Christ, the Holy Spirit of God came to reside in your life, he set up his rule and his reign in your heart, and God wants to give you Holy Spirit gifts, spiritual gifts, right? God wants to give you some special abilities and talents that you can use to further his kingdom in this world. I would start, if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, I would start by learning what the spiritual gifts are and beginning to explore it. You can go to our website. There's actually people take uh, spiritual gift inventory. It's kind of like a personality profile that you take. <clears throat> you can go to our website. You can take one. There's one there. Uh, sometimes we have workshops on that where you can come and you can learn more about that. Or maybe we have a growth group that's talking about finding your spiritual gift. If you don't know what your place is in God's kingdom, one of the very first places I would start is, I would just ask you this question. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? And very likely, it's not just one. Very likely, there's a cluster of things. There may be a combination of things. There may be one primary gift that God's given you, or maybe two primary gifts and some other, uh, some other things that, uh, that, that God's put in your heart that are, that are less, uh, maybe uh, less prevalent, but, but, but you don't know that unless you study that. So your spiritual gifts, how do I know? That's where I would start. Secondly, I would seek the Lord about it. You can just write down prayer. While you're growing in your understanding of spiritual gifts and how God works, I would be asking God, God, would you show me where you want me to fit in your purpose? 
And by the way, many times when we do that, we have in our mind, okay, when God shows me forever and all time, this is what God wants me to do. I don't really see that as much in, in God's work. What I see it is I would pray about, God, how have you wired me? How have you put me together? What's going on around me? What's going on in my church family? What's going on in my community? What's going on in the world around me? What's going on in my job? God, speak to me about where you've put me. Speak to me about how you've wired me. And I'd lean more towards, God, how do you want to use me right now? Okay? Because like I said, many people, they'll take that spiritual gifts inventory and they'll put it in a frame and they'll say, okay, this is me. This is what I do. This is all I do. This is only what I do. That's not what they're intended for, okay? We're in a relationship with Almighty God, and it's not so important any checklist of items. What's important is seeking Him about His placement of you. The last thing I would say is spiritual sensitivity. Be living for the Lord and walking daily with Him. Galatians 5.16 tells us commands us to walk by the Spirit. Like I said, be watching what God is doing around you. It is no accident where God has put you. While you're praying, while you're seeking the Lord, while you're growing in, in, in your understanding of your spiritual gifts and how God works in this world, here, listen, many people think that while we're seeking the Lord, that that means we should just wait around. I would say, while you're seeking the Lord, go ahead and get involved. Get your feet wet and be praying as you're doing that. How many of you guys ride snowmobiles? Nobody here? Okay, one or two. Okay, I know a few of you. All right, I've only ridden a snowmobile once or twice in my life. And I remember when I first got on it, I was, I was a little bit nervous. It's kind of heavy. And, you know, I was afraid because actually the first time I ever rode a motorcycle, I kicked it and it flipped over on me. So I was kind of thinking, thinking of that with the snowmobile. So I was just kind of, you know, just kind of barely touched it. I was a little bit timid at first. I didn't want it to pop back on me. But then I realized you got to kind of give it some gas, right? And I think I figured out the best way to steer a snowmobile is while it's moving. Wouldn't you say? In fact, I heard somebody say that one time about a ship. It's easier to move, to steer a moving ship, moving vessel. Okay, so what I'm encouraging you to do is, while you're praying about God's will for your life, what do we? many times we sit around waiting on God to bring us something. Many times God gives us the next step for our life in the middle of what he's doing right now. And so instead of being passive, instead of being inactive, just look around and say, God, what are you doing in my church? What are you doing in my community? What are you doing in my life? What are you doing in my family? What are you doing in my neighborhood? God, I'm seeking you. My heart's open to you. I want to know how you would use me. Lord, I'm not sure, but I think it might be over here. So I'm going to go ahead and get involved there. I'm going to see if that might be what, what, you're, what you're up to. And Lord, would you clarify to me as I get involved over here? Hey, have you ever gotten involved in some, uh, in some area? And you said, uh, well, that's not it. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's one answer, isn't it? I may not know what it is yet that God has for me, but at least I know what it's not. So I got involved. I experimented. I got my feet wet. Well, it's not there. Okay, God, well, maybe it's over here. Is there anything, listen, is there anything that you know or you believe that God wants you to do right now? What I would say is, Instead of waiting around for that whole bigger picture, we always want the bigger picture. We always want the end of the story. Instead of waiting for all that, just ask the Lord, Lord, what is it you want me to do right now? And just begin doing that. 
as you do that, that's the best place for God to show you the bigger picture or the next step. Listen to what one well-known pastor said about this. He said, every member of the body of Christ has the potential to be and should be fed and led toward functioning as a fully equipped agent of Jesus Christ as his minister. Have you ever noticed on the front of our worship guide? Have you ever noticed down there at the bottom it says uh, ministers? Who's the minister at our church? The whole church. Have you ever noticed that before? Sometimes people ask me, oh, oh, you're over at New Hope. Are you the minister? I say, no, I'm a minister, but there's a lot more than me over there. Amen. I'm not the minister. I am a minister. I am partners together with a lot of other people who are ministers for God in ways that I never could be. Amen. I am not the body of Christ. You are not the body of Christ. On your own. We are part of the body of Christ. I am, but to each one, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What that tells me is, if I get involved with the Lord and what He wants to do through me, and if you get involved with the Lord and what He wants to do through you, and if we all do that together, guess who's going to be seen pretty clearly? Jesus Christ. We'll be applauding Him. We'll be saying how beautiful he is. And even more important than that, our community around us will be saying, wow, Jesus is awesome. Amen. So let me ask you, are you fulfilling the assignment that God has for your life? And by the way, I hope you've noticed, as I've shared here uh, tonight, that could be something like welcome team or prayer ministry or youth ministry or something like that. Certainly, we should think about things like that. But, 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 you know, maybe you should also think about where you work. God made you, if you're an accountant, God made you love numbers for a reason. Amen? If you're in customer service, hopefully you love people. <laughs> God made... <laughs> Hopefully, God made you to love people, to love to deal with people for a reason. You're a cashier at Walmart for a reason. And since that's where you spend most of your time, wouldn't you think if God had a plan for you, probably a lot of it would happen in that place? Are you fighting that tonight? Or are you embracing that? Many of us have taken the step of getting involved in church and being involved in ministry. Praise the Lord for that. But we compartmentalize our lives. We say, okay, on Sunday or on the weekend or, or on Saturday night or on Sunday night for a one or, you know, during my growth group, man, yeah, I'm focused on Jesus' mission, but the rest of the time, nine to five, I just kind of have to bear it. I just have to get through the day. And then I serve the Lord. I believe God would challenge that tonight. He has put you where you are for a reason. Basically, we're saying this. God is at work in this world. If you have joined up with him, he wants you to be at work in this world. You are called by God for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is tonight? I would dare say most of us 
probably shouldn't say yes, unequivocally, absolutely. I'm always nervous about that. I don't know everything that God has for my life. I think we can have more and more confidence about that as we grow and we serve. But tonight, I'm not saying do you absolutely know everything God has for you, but are you moving in that direction? Are you pursuing that? Are you learning? Are you growing? Are you exploring why has God saved me and left me here? If he just wanted to save you from an eternity away from him, where would you have went right after you received him? Probably to heaven, wouldn't you? I think God's left you here for a reason. I pray that tonight God would just whet your appetite. Lord, I want to know what that reason is. Would you begin that journey tonight? That's who you are in Christ. You are called by him for a purpose. You know, this whole series is really based on the assumption, though, that you are in Christ. So maybe for some of us, we need to back up and just say, are you? Have you ever truly found your identity in Jesus Christ? Have you given your life to him? Have you, came to, have you come to the point in your life where you said, God, I am no longer going to define my life myself because I know that only gets me in trouble and ultimately it's going to keep me from you forever and ever. I don't want that to happen. God, I want to be found in you tonight. So tonight I ask you to come into my life to wash my sins away and to be my savior. Would you do that tonight? Would you trust in him? Would you say, Jesus, save me, forgive me, call me to yourself. I want to serve you. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Would you bow with me as we close out the message tonight? (coughs) Heavenly Father, I'm so glad that when we follow you, if that's, when we begin that relationship with you, that is not the end of the story. It's, it's only the beginning, really. I thank you for washing my sins away. I thank you for making me your child. I thank you for giving me the hope of heaven. I thank you that you're with me every day for the rest of my life and through all, all eternity. It's good news for my life. But Lord, you've left me and every person in this room that's put their trust in you You've left us here on planet earth for a reason. If I am a follower of Jesus, I am called by God for a purpose. Where so many Christians all over the world today feel unfulfilled, are bored, are confused about your work in their life because of this one point tonight. And I pray that you would just Light a fire in somebody's heart tonight. This is it. This is the pursuit. This is the next step for you. To find and fulfill God's assignment for your life. I pray that someone would embrace that tonight. That they would seek you about that. They would humble themselves and just say, God, whatever you want to do, I am willing to do it for you. And dear Lord Jesus, I pray if there's somebody here that hasn't trusted you as their savior hasn't laid their heart on the line and said jesus i need you to forgive me i need you to come into my life and be my savior lord i pray that tonight during this time they would make that eternal decision the most important god the most important call is your call for us to come to you and then you give us that purpose 
to help someone to make that decision tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Is God speaking to you tonight? I'm so glad I get to come to church. I hope you are. You know, because somebody, maybe you just had a lousy week at work. And man, it's just like, I hate my life. I hate my job. This is awful. And maybe God just kind of took your perspective tonight and just kind of picked you up over all the stuff and all the things that go on at work and all the, just the noise that's happening in your heart and the world around you. And maybe God just gave you a glimpse tonight of really where your life needs to be headed. Aren't you glad we have a place to come do that? I don't know about you, but I would be messed up without these reminders. God, give me your perspective. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. If God is speaking to your heart, He has your attention. If He's revealed something to you, He's shown you something tonight, would you mark it? Because guess what? As soon as you walk out of here, it starts happening again, doesn't it? Life and phone calls when I get home and bills to pay and work again on Monday. So tonight, would you let God seal in your heart whatever it is? And you know what? It can be as initial as, God, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're calling me to, but I want your purpose for my life. And tonight, I I don't even know what to say yes to, but I go ahead and say yes even before you show me. I think that's precious to the Lord. I'm just going to go ahead and say yes, and then you begin to fill in the details, Lord. You know, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people in this room who are seeking God. And many times, we know what the Lord wants us to do. We've been hemming and hawing and putting it off. and But you know, don't you? You know what God wants you to do. You know what that next step is. Why don't you go ahead and tell Him tonight, okay, God, no more games. We're moving forward right now tonight if you need help with that during the song that we sing here in just a moment I'm going to be down front I'll be glad to pray with you help you any way I can we're just here to help one another find and fulfill that purpose if I can pray for you in any way if I can help you to make that decision to trust Christ as your Savior